Welcome back to Vision Chat. Today, Stina and I are interviewing Dr. Michelle Cole. Michelle is a licensed psychologist and somatic experiencing practitioner in private practice in San Diego, California. She is also a teacher of meditation and yoga, a certified breathwork facilitator, and Equus coach. Michelle believes we all have a unique prescription for healing that can be discovered when we slow down and learn to listen to our inner wisdom. She sees her job as helping to remove anything that stands in the way of clients being able to access their inner healers and come home to themselves. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with us, Michelle. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I am, like you said, a psychologist and I'm interested in all things holistic healing. And I have this, maybe it's not a problem, but I have to learn everything that I'm interested in and I have to really learn it. So I become a teacher of most modalities that I'm interested in, just that never ending interest in different things that I hear and I just get so curious and want to know more. So I was just raised in the Midwest in near Chicago, Illinois, just kind of a basic normal upbringing and went out to the West Coast for college, for graduate school and really kind of found my my people out there, you know, everybody's really open-minded and interested in different modalities. So I just started getting into all things healing. I love animals. I've got two mini donkeys and two rescue dogs, and I'm very passionate about rescuing animals. I just love spending time with animals. I'm just really curious. I mean, I'm biased because I'm a therapist. Do you incorporate working with animals in the therapy that you do? I do. I do. So you mentioned I was a certified Equus coach. And what that means essentially is life coaching with horses. And I bring clients out with the horses. You know, sometimes it's kind of threatening to talk to a therapist. It feels uncomfortable or maybe you're not ready. But there's something about bringing a horse into the picture or even a donkey that people just feel more comfortable and they start opening up. And of course, equines are mirrors for us. So they kind of reflect back to us what's going on on the inside. And sometimes it's easier to talk about what's going on with the horse than talk about ourselves. But we are talking about ourselves in the process. Yeah, there's just something about animals that soften most people's hearts and just open them to, to working with the process. For sure. I mean, I sometimes will have, I don't have donkeys or, you know, like <laughs> anything like that, but I have cats. And so sometimes like I've learned not to be bothered when they kind of jump on and they kind of want to poke their little faces in because it's so interesting that the reactions from people and maybe if it's something that's particularly difficult or challenging, they'll kind of go, like, oh, the kitty. And you know, there's a Absolutely. whole other thing. Yes, I, I used to work with a group of combat veterans and I brought my little elderly blind deaf poodle in. And all of a sudden these big tough guys are like, oh, the baby, does she need to go outside? You know, you just see this really soft, gentle side coming forward. And she was a great tool that I used. Is there anything that you're calling yourself when it comes to the spiritual? I think I call myself an empath. I don't know. I think healer doesn't feel right for me. I think that you are the healer. You know, my clients are the healers of themselves. Um, so empath feels good. I am definitely a witch, but I don't advertise that because people have different connotations when it comes to that. So I know I'm a witch. People around me know I'm a witch. Um, but that's not something I hold out there. But I guess everybody knows now who's listening to the podcast. So. I think you just outed yourself, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. I love that you call yourself a witch. That's fantastic. I'm just really curious also, like what 
what makes you particularly drawn to that label? I just love magic. I've had a lot of magic in my life. I've had a lot of magical experiences. And I don't know, I think witch feels kind of like um, counterculture and it feels kind of like in your face, you know, like if you can't handle that, step back. And I think it attracts the right people that are like, oh, you're a witch. And it keeps the wrong people away of like, oh, you're a witch. I don't understand what that is. But like I said, I don't always lead with that. Yeah, I find that's a it's an interesting reaction that people have to that label, which and it's, yeah. you know, I think it's like to me, like, you know, I so if I see a confused look on someone's face, I'll kind of clarify, like, listen, you know, there's all kinds of um, negative connotations that go along with that. But for me, a witch is a powerful, magical woman. And that's totally yeah. me. So I'm cool yeah. I saw a meme somewhere, I love memes, but it said, witches, guardians of the earth, protectors of the animals, following the seasons, healing with nature. I'm like, well, that is all me, you know? So let go of all the Halloween-y type of things that come to mind, but just somebody that, that follows the rhythms of nature and has respect for all living beings. I think if you are that, then you could, you might be a witch. <laughs> That's right, I love that definition. I'm really curious also, um, how did you get into spirituality? I know you mentioned a little bit about um, about that in your intro, but like, how did you get into energy work or is there, do you have a story that goes along with your interest? Well, I always had gifts when I was younger, but they were invalidated and shut down, which really made me question, am I crazy? Like what's going on here? So I, I learned to not pay attention to those things. And it wasn't until I was probably in my 30s, I was living in Los Angeles and just kind of a, a hot mess maybe, but I was working, but I just felt like kind of behind the eight ball all the time with, with work. I was very anxious if I didn't always have on TV or going out and doing something social, but I just felt ragged out, burned out. And here's another weird thing about me, I'm a pilot and I used to teach people how to fly airplanes at, in addition to my private practice. And I had this one student and he was so different than any other student. He wasn't like the best dick ever. He wasn't the easiest person to teach, but he really took things in stride. He was so easygoing and his energy just felt different than anyone I had been close to. And I said, what's wrong with you? Why are you like that? And he said, well, I meditate. And I said, well, I can't meditate. I have too many thoughts. Like my mind is way too busy. It's just not for me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, everybody says that you need to be taught how to meditate, go to this class. And I ended up going to a six week class at Insight LA. And it was an intro to mindfulness meditation. And I started having these really deep experiences where I could connect back with that part of me that was shut down. And as I started meditating, everything in my life started changing. I just felt that deep inner peace that I that I was after. And then, you know, after that, just a series of events, I got rid of my TV, I was spending lots of time in quiet. And then LA didn't support my energy anymore. It was just like felt like a constant attack of energy. And I ended up moving to a 65 acre ranch in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. Everybody's saying you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? But I just felt like I have to go to the land. I have to go and be in solitude. And then things accelerated pretty quickly when I was out there by myself. Did you find that just 
being in more of that quiet in nature just helped you feel better about being in your own space and that it was more matching your energy? It absolutely was. Yeah, just being in nature, it was just so quiet and so peaceful. And I think nature is so healing in itself. Um, and of course, I was meditating and I got more into that and was trying different modalities. I became a teacher of primordial sound meditation from the Chopra Center and got into yoga and Ayurveda and just started studying all different types of modalities. And it's very spiritual up there. It's near Nevada City. It was a little town near Nevada City and people are all into crystals and you know metaphysical things and so i was like oh cool i found my people not just in the flashy kind of way that i saw it in la but like in the people really you know doing the work do you feel like you got like um intuition or did you know about this place before well this was one of the the things that happened so i could see in my mind's eye what this place i wanted to move to looked like and i went to montana and idaho and oregon i was kind of scouting a location and then there was somebody i knew um, who had bought a ranch in northern california and he's sending me pictures of the ranch and i'm like wow that looks a lot like what i'm picturing and i came up to visit him and his wife and as we were driving through the town up his driveway just the full body chills and i started shaking and i was like this this is exactly what I've been picturing. And he said, you know, it's odd because as I was sitting here in my home and you're telling me about your vision, I'm looking around going, she's describing where I'm sitting. He said, and, uh, you know, we're putting up the ranch for sale. And I said, yes, and you're selling it to me. <laughs> and so just, I knew right then, I'm like, I'm moving here. I don't care what it takes to get here, but I'm moving here. And then, Kind of went from there and then there were so many synchronicities when i moved there just the perfect job opportunity opened the perfect office space opened the perfect clientele started coming in it was just one of those things where things flowed and i really got a taste of what it's like when you're on the right path that the universe just kind of opens doors for you i love that and it's like your own manifestation too you know looking back i wish i would have been a little more specific of universe show me slowly and gently and little bits at a time and with ease but i did not specify that so i got a lot of lessons out there that were like oh very hard very hard lessons but i wouldn't trade them do you love just the west coast do you think you'll be out in this space in the future or does or is that kind of open you feel like you can explore other areas to live in i do feel the west coast a lot um I really love Santa Fe. That's where I'm at right now. And that's kind of one of my special spots. Although my partner is a surfer. So we're going to need to stay near the ocean. That's kind of a non-negotiable for him. Um, so somewhere on the West Coast, not exactly sure we'll be in San Diego forever, but yeah. Have you any childhood stories or any stories about spiritual stuff happening and you're like, oh, what is this? Or that surprised you? Yeah, when I was young, I was forced to shut that down so much. So I always would know when somebody was feeling an emotion. I would say, Grandma, why are you so mad? I'm not mad. And, you know, people would be like, what are you talking about? She's not mad. But I could feel the anger. I could feel it in my body. 
or when somebody was sad, I could feel that in my body, but people would deny, no, I'm not, I'm not sad. What are you, you're being silly. What are you talking about? So I just started thinking, all right, I'm not going to say that because I'm not getting great feedback. So I really shut that part down. But as I got older, I started paying more attention to things like that, such as my ranch. That was like a real confirmation of, okay, still got it. And then even at the ranch, so many things happened that were unexplainable. You know, for example, um, I had somebody come pick up some wood. There was so much wood that I had on my property and I saw posting, I need firewood for the winter. And I had this man come pick it up and he was, it was wet out. He was backing up his truck and I heard a voice in my head say, he's going to hit you. And, you know, why would it, that's silly. And he's backing up the truck and all of a sudden it accelerates and he goes into my fence. And the next thing I know, I'm just standing next to the truck. I felt something pick me up like, like by the back of the neck and pull me out of the way, like lift me up and pull me out of the way. And he got out and he was shaking and he was like, oh my God, my foot slipped off the, the brake pedal. I can't believe you're alive. And I was like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. But I very much clear as day heard the voice. He's going to hit you right before whatever that was that happened. And there's been a lot of things like that where I just get that knowing. And I've been conditioned to ignore that voice. But there's been enough things that have happened now where I'm just like, I just pay attention to it. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. Like I just have learned, listen to that voice on the inside. I got chills just from listening to that. As you were saying, I'm like, oh, but it's amazing how, you know, we get these like comic hits. You know, I just hope like I cross my fingers. I'm like, I hope I listen. <laughs> you know, it's just that, you know, like you have that split second of like, do I listen or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had plenty of times where it's come back to burn me of oh, you're being too sensitive or come on. Oh, you're being a princess. Don't think that. And I put myself in harm's way many times because I just didn't want to be extra. Um, but I was picking up on something that that person wasn't safe, that situation wasn't safe. And luckily there's been nothing too, you know, life-threatening. But there were always times where I just... I know I, I get a sense about somebody and I'm always willing to be proved wrong over time, but I pay attention to that intuitive hit when I get it. Do you know what pulled you out of the way? Have I you had time to yeah. or kind of meditate back on that? And well, Since then I've, I've learned about um, some angels and guides that I have. I have three that are like my main ones. And I think it, I don't know who it was, but somebody pulled me out of the way. I mean, there just wouldn't have been enough time for me to react or move and step over the wood and get out of the way. I, I can't explain it any other way other than something moved me or, you know, I guess if you were not believing in that type of stuff, maybe I just had a burst of adrenaline and jumped out of the way, but it definitely felt like something had me by like the scruff of the neck and just pulled me. That's amazing. That sounds like a very intense experience. Have you ever freaked anybody out with your abilities or scared anyone? I don't know that I've scared anyone, but kind of amazed people. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. So a lot of times um, 
in session with a client. I, I don't advertise that I'm intuitive, but I'll kind of drop it a little more tentatively of like, I'm getting an image of blah, 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 or I'm hearing these words come to mind. Does this, does this mean anything for you? And, you know, 9.5 out of 10 times, it has some deep meaning for my client. And I think rarely are they like, how did you know that? You know, they're just kind of go with it. But I, I frame it very tentatively of like, I don't know, I just I'm getting an image of, you know, um, a house, or I'm getting an image of this, or I, I want to tell you these words, but I'm not sure why. And um, something that comes to mind is I was talking to a friend, actually. And I said, I feel like I want to tell you, like, don't oversalt the soup. I don't know what that means. But I really keep hearing these words, don't oversalt the soup. And she's like, oh, my God, my grandma used to always say that to me. And it was like, in terms of a relationship, like, don't move too fast, like, take it slow, you can't like, unadd the salt once you've added it. But I had no idea what that meant when I gave it to her. But I just kept hearing it. And I, it was like, somebody was like, pushing me like, say it, say it, say it. Yeah. And then I've had dreams about people's loved ones that have passed. And I'm like, I had a weird dream about this person. I don't know if this means anything for you. And it, more often than not, it does. I mean, it it almost always, okay, I'm going to say it always does because I can't really think of a time where somebody said that didn't resonate for me or if they did, they came back later and said, you know what, I didn't want to talk about this thing, but here's what, here's what was really going on. It must be so validating for the people that you're talking to and being open with the two to get or like... Um... I know a lot of people might be scared to maybe say, oh, this is what is coming through. But the fact that you're using it and sharing it is very inspiring. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It's like I have a tool. Why would I hold any medicine back from them? And they can choose whether they want to take that in or not. Um, but if I feel it coming through, it's almost like, my own body takes a hit if I don't release it. So I just frame it very tentatively and, and they can choose whether they want to take that in or not. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. I'm sure I'm wrong sometimes, but yeah, I've just kind of learned not to hold that back because typically when I have a hit like that, further on in the story, a couple of days, weeks, months, that same thing will come back around. I'm like, oh, I should have said that in that time. Um, because it does kind of help the, the process go more quickly. That's beautiful. Thank um, you. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like there's any misconceptions when it comes to all of this? Well, I think a lot of people don't believe in it. Um, I think it can be really scary, especially if you haven't grown up in a way that supports that. And it's confusing for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people don't realize they all have these gifts. So it seems like just a certain few, you know, can can tap into their intuition or know things or have different clairvoyant abilities. But everybody really has these gifts. It's just a matter of developing them and trusting yourself. And that was one of the main things when I went through training was trusting myself and also my classmates and Sina, you know that too, that it's like, ah, I don't I don't really know what I'm getting, but here's let me just give you the image coming up. And it was astounding, you know, even for us students practicing, it was like, yes, that's exactly the thing. 
but you start to doubt yourself because you're like a red vase with like a little monkey face on it. Why am I like, what? What does that have to do with the story? And then you find out like, you know, this was like their childhood thing or it has a lot of meaning. And then the client has all the associations to it. It's interesting because I think that when you are learning these skills, like you said, we all have the gifts. It's just that some of us shut it down for whatever reason, either negative experiences and validation, all kinds of reasons, but we all have the abilities. And when we're learning, I think it's, it's that, like, do I trust myself to say it? And I think we put pressure on ourselves too to get it right. And mm -hmm. we don't want to be wrong because it causes some kind of fear or shame or like, oh no, you know, I got this wrong or I said the wrong thing or that doesn't even make sense. But I think, you know, part of it also is like remembering, I don't really have to understand what this is because it's not for me. It's for the person that I'm providing this information for. It has to make sense for them, not me. So I'm just going to deliver it, right? And I think that's yeah. the the tricky part, right? Like I'll trust myself to just deliver what I'm getting and it's up to them to make sense of it. And like you said earlier, either you take it and you're like, yep, I own it. That resonates or no, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as long as we're staying connected to spirit, spirit will guide us when we move into ego and we start like, we want to, you know, be this expert spirit will smack us and be like, no, <laughs> Let me show you the ways in which you are being a phony. Um, so it's really important to stay humble and stay connected to spirit and your own spiritual practice. That That's like a prerequisite. That's a continuing education for doing this type of work is you have to be doing your own work. That's wonderful advice. Do you have more advice for people that are like maybe starting their on their spiritual journey and they're, you know, just getting into studying or learning about these things or is there anything that you would have done on your own journey like differently on my own journey of course i wish it were faster i wish i would have you know listened to this earlier but i trust in divine timing that i got the lessons when i needed to um but i think for somebody starting out um starting with a meditation practice would be the first step learning how to meditate learning how to sit quietly with yourself and you know you start to tap into that inner wisdom I think that's really important. And then finding somebody to guide you. You know, there's a lot of phonies out there. So really trusting your intuition on who you want to guide you into that. And then ultimately trusting yourself over any teacher. You know, people have a lot of techniques and anytime somebody starts insisting that their technique is the best or you have to study with them and you're not allowed to study with anyone else, then I start getting those vibes of like, oh, I feel like I'm being controlled. So I think your relationship with any teacher should feel free and expansive and supported. And there's so many teachers out there that, you know, you can kind of sample anyone and, and just see who lights you up. Is there anything you would like to done differently on your journey? Gosh, I wish I just would have trusted myself earlier. I went through a lot of mental gymnastics, a lot of pain looking to everyone else like oh they've got the answers they've you know looking to a lot of gurus or teachers or giving away my power to other people and i wish i wouldn't have done that as much because i think it created unnecessary suffering i wish all of that time would have been spent more in my own meditation quietness nature listening to myself but i think it was all part of my process i really needed to see the ways in which those people were inauthentic or 
didn't have the answers or only went so far and I went further than they did. I think for some teachers, it becomes threatening once the student starts to, their gifts start to get stronger. And a good teacher will be like, yes, you go, like you've got this. And they kind of boost you up. It's just a matter of, I just wish I would have listened to myself more. Are there any ways in which like you use like your spiritual gifts, like that would be like, maybe like on a day-to-day basis or like, you know, something that people normally wouldn't think like you could use your gifts for? I think with most decisions I make during the day, I need to sit quietly with it. And sometimes I'll ask the question before I meditate of like, do I want to go to this training or do I want to go to this trip or do I want to take on this new client? You know, sometimes it's like we get so wrapped up in the energy and you want to say yes and you don't want to let people down. But then when you really sit with yourself and my body tells me right away if it's a yes or a no. But if I'm moving too quickly and I'm trying to fit too much into the day, then it's harder for me to listen. Um, if I'm not spending time in nature, it's harder for me to listen. If I'm you know, drinking alcohol, which I do very rarely, it's harder for me to listen. So as long as I'm keeping the channel clean, I think most decisions I'm making during the day, I'm, I'm asking spirit for guidance. Do you find that because I noticed also in your intro, you mentioned helping people slow down. Do you just feel like we're moving too fast in life and there's just so much going on that we don't make room or space to just really be in touch with ourselves? Yeah, we don't make room to be in touch with ourselves and also to heal. You know, anything that's trauma that is stored in our body needs slowness for our body to catch up to what our mind already knows about the trauma. And oftentimes it's bracing patterns, it's, you know, psychosomatic illness that people, when they've been to many doctors and they go, there's no cause, we can't see a cause, it's in your head, and there's varying degrees of being shamed by medical professionals, but the body is always talking. And once we can learn how to invite the body in as an ally and put it with equal importance as the mind, you know, not better, not worse, and just give it that space to catch up like, all right, let's make the space and listen to what you're saying. I think that's so important when we slow down. And for a lot of people, the reason we move so quickly is because it's really uncomfortable when we slow down. If I can just keep moving, like when I was living back in LA, if I can just keep the TV on, I can have enough social things to do and I can stay busy with work and, you know, just always on the move, then my mind didn't really need to process or my body didn't need to process some things that were traumatic that had happened that created a lot of anxiety when I just sat quietly with myself. And for some of us, it's not realistic to just think you're going to sit and start meditating and that's going to be your practice. So sometimes when our nervous system is very overstimulated, hypervigilant, you know, the sympathetic nervous system is on all the time. We need to find ways to move our bodies that feel like a meditation. Hiking is a great moving meditation. And so we need to learn how to step down into the silence. But I think the reason meditation doesn't work for a lot of people is because they're going from like, you know, 100 miles an hour to a full stop. And it's like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. And I believe meditation should always be comfortable. You know, there's a lot of rules about it. Sit perfectly straight. Don't move. And I'm like, if you want to lay down, lay down. Like whatever's going to get you to want to do this 
you need to move your body, move your body. And I forgot your original question already. <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking. No, you on. answered it. You answered it. And you also just brought up some really good points about like, you know, there's no wrong or right way to start doing these things and these practices. It's, I think your intention that counts and just listening to yourself and trying to do what's comfortable for you. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like is your next step on your journey? There's so many more things I want to learn. I mean, there's trainings I want to do. The vision I'm holding now is a healing ranch that people can come to and spend some time, like stay overnight, be with the animals, be with nature, enjoy all these healing practices that I that I know how to do and invite other people that are also doing this work to come do their work at the ranch. So I definitely have a vision. I have flashes of it. I don't have the clear vision yet, but the more I do breath work, it really comes when I do breath work. I get, I get more and more pieces of the puzzle. And so I'm learning how to ask more specific questions like, what state is this place in? Can you show me the, the address? You know, things like that. So I'm really holding the vision for a healing, healing type of property that people can come enjoy. Can you talk a little bit about the breath work that you do? I'm just, you know, noticing that, you know, breath is connected to so many healing modalities. And I'm wondering how it fits for yours, for your practice. I love the breath. I think it's the fastest way to shift your mood, to shift your physiology. But the breath work in particular that I do is by David Elliott. And there's no name to it really, but, um, David Elliott, he wrote the book, The Reluctant Healer and Healing, two of, two of my favorite books. And it's a three-part breath. It's a breath in through the belly, the chest, and then exhale. And it's all with your mouth open. And what starts happening is you start moving through the layers first of the body. It becomes very uncomfortable for the first seven, 10 minutes. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And then as you get through that layer, you start noticing well, you, you can see what you start noticing, but all sorts of insights, memories come up. It's a really quick way to blast through trauma, you know, just kind of like EMDR blasts through trauma. EMDR is like solvent. Breathwork is like solvent. It just it moves a lot of energy. If you're stuck, it reveals a lot of insights. And um, yeah, so that's the breathwork that I practice. It's with music. And, you know, spirit kind of helps me choose what songs whoever needs to hear or the group needs to hear. And um, you get a lot of release that way and a lot of expansion that way. How did you get it, into a breathwork? I was at a, I guess it was a spa. It's called We Care Spa in, in Desert Hot Springs. And it's fasting and colonics. And they offer a bunch of classes you can go to. And there was somebody that was a breathwork practitioner. And he led us through. And I, I mean, I felt like I was on psychedelics during that time because it does induce a non-ordinary state of consciousness when you do that. It felt great. And it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. And, you know, it's legal and it's free. And when I got home, I looked up this person's teacher, David Elliott, and then I joined his next healer training. He calls it healer training. And he's got five levels of that. And I started studying that back in 2009. And then I just recently got certified in that uh, two years ago. Well, you just mentioned something that Stina and I have been kind of contemplating doing a podcast on psychedelics. 
I don't, I'll confess, I don't, I don't know anything about it, but you just mentioned it is, do you use psychedelics or in your work or do you have any thoughts, opinions about that? I am in a training program through the California Institute of Integral Studies to use psychedelic therapy and research. So I'm just at the very beginning. We've had our first weekend. It's not something that I use yet, but I will start doing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy in the new year. Um, it's something that I'll start offering for clients. And I think it can be really powerful. It's not a you know, magic pill, magic bullet. It really needs to be used thoughtfully for the right reasons with the right people, you know, timing, tact, and dose, as we say. It's not just like, take this and heal. I think we live in such a quick fix culture that just wants to, you know, take this pill and be healed of their trauma. It doesn't work like that. But I think if, if chosen carefully and used cautiously, I think it can really be profound. That's awesome. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, yeah. And psychedelics are still mostly illegal all over this country. But I think coming up pretty soon, psilocybin and MDMA will be able to be used therapeutically. It won't be available for everyone, but, but under the supervision of a doctor. You mentioned David Elliott and his books. Are there, do you have favorite books that are your go-tos that you'd like to recommend or YouTube channels or anything people can look up? Yeah, those are two of my favorite books. And then the Untethered Soul by Michael Singer is a book that I come back to every couple of years. And every time I read it, it's a different book because when I first read it, I'm like, I'm not really sure what he's talking about here. But as I get further on my journey, I'm like, oh, this is some profound stuff. So that's a book I really, I really love. Yeah, I would say those are some of my favorites. And then my first book, like my gateway drug to <laughs> spirituality was one of Dan Millman's books. And I think he is the gateway drug for a lot of people. Yeah. What was the name of his first book? I, I think it's called Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And it's funny because the subtitle is A Book That Changes Lives. <laughs> and, you know, he just kind of talks about his experience and gives kind of writing prompts and just things for reflection. And it's a very gentle way to ease yourself in if you're interested in spirituality or any of these practices and he's written several books but i really like it's him true he does it is it literally does change people's lives yes and i remember i've given that book to clients i haven't done it in a long time but i can remember giving it to some clients years ago that i gave it to them to borrow and they got so much out of it i'm like just keep it <laughs> so I've had to rebuy that book several times. Do you want to describe a little bit more about what you do or where people can find you? Sure. Yeah, I've got a private practice. I work on Zoom half time or more than half time. And I have an office in Solana Beach, California, where I mainly do somatic experiencing and neuroaffective touch. So it is trauma touch work. It's with your clothes on, very light touch. And it's just helping the body release trauma and process anything that's stuck in there. And that might sound a little bit woo-woo, but if you think of it just more like tension patterns, bracing patterns in the body, it works really great for chronic pain and anything that's just kind of stored up that our body is holding on for us because we we haven't processed it yet. Thank you so much. Is any Any other thoughts, anything else that you want to kind of put out there? No, this went by so quickly. <laughs> thank you so much. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for joining us today and 
Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.